And Donnie, and welcome to Las Vegas, home of the Godfather, Godfather Minute. Minute, starring me, Alex Robinson. <laughs> starring me, Andy Robinson. And together, we are starring as the Godfather, Godfather Minute, Minute brothers. brothers, and we're here to talk about Minute, Minuto Numero 149. Alex, Cento. Cento. Quarantanove. Quarantanove. You got it. Oh, that was an easy one. Yeah, really easy. Uh, well, if it's Quarantanove, uh, it must be... Um, minute 149. It is. Alex, why did you say welcome to Las Vegas? Uh, I don't know. I just want to make people, people feel like they're in a relaxing party environment. Okay. Because we're in the, in this minute, we're in the Don's garden. Maybe physically, but not mentally. Ah, got it. All right. <laughs> welcome to Long Island. Doesn't have the same, doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. Welcome that, uh, to my garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the magic Don garden. Yeah. <laughs> The only way you can get entrance is you got to whack someone. You got to make your bones before you're allowed in here. <laughs> Play with the big boys. Um, minute 149, as you said, it's the Don and Mikey having a little heart to heart. Mikey boasts about his son's preternatural ability to read the newspaper. But Don can't stop worrying about what his all that his youngest boy will have on his plate. Mm-hmm. He begins to explain that he knew Sonny was going to have to deal with all of this. But Fredo is too dumb, and despite being the older brother, he will be stepped over. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, what he, that's of, what he says when he says, Fredo. Uh, yeah. That's basically what he's Yeah, what that's he's the saying. dialogue. He yeah. doesn't go into all of that. Yeah, no, he doesn't go. But I, <laughs> I was reading the subtext of it. Yeah. The so. dialogue is very sparse in this minute. Yeah. There's a lot of time Michael watching his father think, Don Corleone reflecting but not speaking. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. It's, Solid minute, but not a lot of dialogue. Well, and also, it really uh, shows you that they are men of few words. These these mobsters, mm-hmm. they're not the types to. Uh, that's why I'd be a terrible mobster. I'm not. I'm not comfortable. I'm a great podcaster because I'm uncomfortable with silences. But I'm, I'd be a terrible mobster. Yeah, you're. you're they call you Chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex Chatterbox. You, <laughs> you, you talk too much to be a mobster. Yeah, yeah. Do you think in this minute Michael's not saying much? And Don Corleone's not saying much because they've both been raised to not really share much in in the for the fear of revealing something that could be used against them. Well, it, <laughs> it's funny you mention that because one of the the impressions I got from this minute is that um, this is this is basically the Don who's been a control freak for his entire life, mm-hmm. like like struggling with letting go of that control. Cause if you think about it, like him saying Mikey being like, I'll take care of it, pop, I'll take care mm-hmm. of it. Uh, Don never had a father like that who like, he never had anyone who he could hand things off to or trust to do it. You know what I mean? He was always mm-hmm. taking care of himself. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's interesting that he's having a hard time giving up that. It's just like second nature to him to not, to keep very, uh, like you said, I'm sure they weren't a talkative household. Well, Sonny, though, seems like he's pretty talkative. Yeah, yeah, a little too much. Yeah, he's the one who got him into this mess. Santino Chatterbox. Lip. Santino. Sonny the Lip Corleone, we call him. <laughs> is that your mob name, Alex? Is Chatterbox? Chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think Don Corleone has had to do it all himself, and there is there's there is risk when you delegate things to people because they're not going to do it how you necessarily how you envision it. I don't think it's a coincidence that within a year of surrendering control, he is dead. (laughs) Yeah. At the hands he of gave, his grandson. He gave up a little too much control. Yeah. <laughs> right? A little too much. Hey, by the way, I thought of this what? since our last recording. Do you think when Anthony, so Don Corleone's grandson, sees Don Corleone die in the garden mm-hmm. with the orange peels in his mouth, do you think little grandson Anthony goes, says, Grandpapa! Pop <laughs> <laughs> pop. <laughs> <laughs> pop pop. Yeah, we don't know what uh what what nickname. I can't imagine they would call him grandpa. They would probably it's probably some Italian version of whatever. Yeah. You know what? Ask our ask our um uh, Italian expert Peter Crucci in New York. Yeah, I'll what, ask him. He'll what lo- what uh, what names what, what affectionate and nicknames people use for their grandparents. Okay. I know I'll Nona be- means grandmother. Mm-hmm. So. I wonder if no no. We'll no. have to see. No. <laughs> no, no, because <laughs> he's always saying no. It's no, no. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <sighs> hey, what was our what was our Latin scholar in, a scholar jingle? What was, you came up with it, it was fantastic. It's like oh, Latin wow. lesson here. Oh, oh yeah, I did it like a. Uh, for, it's funny because I was about to just make one up, and I my instinct was to go like uh, Latin, like uh, like a samba. <laughs> Because he's oh, a Latin expert. I get it. Ah. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Uh, I can go back and listen to it. Yeah, I, I, I want to record it because it's really funny. Latin expert Pete Caru. She is our Latin expert. <laughs> All right, that was okay. It was a little better last time. It was, it was well, more sorry. inspired. It's, it's always going to be fresher the first time. Then. I mean, it rhymed, I think. Oh, you nailed okay. it last time. Mm. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that was the melody, though. That's the generic public domain melody for anything church. Well, anything, I think any church comedy. It's probably, yeah, from like Monty Python. <laughs> I think probably from Holy Grail is probably yeah. where, where I got that from. Yeah. <laughs> Immobiliary stock is down. <laughs> Michael Corleone wears a frown. <laughs> but uh, the Pope survives. And <laughs> we tell the whole story of GF3. It's like we didn't start the fire, but, but, uh, but oh, it's told, I love it. told in the Latin. Yeah, uh, we should retell in our own words GF3 to some song. Well, there's two. Would we do it through through We Didn't Start the Fire? Well, if we're going to do We Didn't Start the Fire, I would want to do all three movies yeah. in one thing. Yeah. Um, That's a great idea. But alternately, um, we could do like Weird Al. You know, he did um, a parody of um, American Pie and made it about Star Wars. That's right. Yeah. So we could do like American Pie, but make it about mm-hmm. uh, anything that has a long. You know, we should do Hurricane that Bob Dylan song. Oh, make that yeah. about. Uh, make that about oh, the guy. That's great. Some other long, yeah. uh, long rambly song that has a lot of different. This is the story of Don Corleone. <laughs> he made a business all his own. <laughs> I love that. I love that song on that album. Yeah. I think that Good might stuff. be. That's currently one of my favorite Bob Dylan albums. Oh, it's, it's a masterpiece. Um, it's a masterpiece. So speaking of masterpieces, the, the very beginning of the minute, um, mm-hmm. this is an iconic line, certainly <laughs> on our show. For us, yeah. Yeah, where the dog goes. 
Reads the funny. I, I didn't realize he says reads the funny papers. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. just say funny papers. Yeah, <laughs> I know we've been misquoting it all this time. <laughs> and this minute, when, as soon as you press play on this minute, Michael says funny papers, <laughs> and then there's a pause, and Tom goes reading the funny papers. It really highlights that dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> the look on the Don's face. Yes, is the it's the biggest smile you you see him have. I wrote the look of bliss on Don's face when he mentioned when he thinks about the funny papers. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he blissful because he's remembering his experience reading the funny papers? He's remembering a, a specific Beetle Bailey comic strip that he read right after the war. Uh, well, I'm not going to say, well, Beetle Bailey, I don't think, uh, I don't know. Funny papers. Like that time I was hanging out with Tatali and we read the Beetle Bailey comic strip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think he would like Beetle Bailey because he risks his life for strangers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd like the family circus. Yeah, right? totally. It's all about family. <laughs> you spend time with your family circus? <laughs> and, a, man uh, who, a man who reads the funny papers and doesn't read the family circus can never be a real man. <laughs> And then later on, Mike, he's all worried because he's like, Mom, with all the circulation of the funny papers going down, I'm, I'm, cause is it possible they would cancel Family Circus? No, they would never. You can never lose Family Circus. <laughs> how familiar are you with, with um, the yeah, how, Family Circus? Yeah, Family Circus. I never really liked it, but it wasn't it always one picture, one frame. It generally tended to be one big. Yeah, so you kind of kind of drew your eye because it was such a small investment. Yeah, well, there but I didn't think it was particularly good. Well, there were two things that there was one gimmick I liked that they did in the Family Circus, which is that they would have like show you like Billy's day, and they would show like the whole house, and it would be like a, you'd, there'd be arrows. You follow it around to see where one of the characters went. It was mm. kind of like a map, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But generally, it was pretty cornball stuff. But yeah. one of the things they did that um, is that they would do something like there would be a broken toy on the floor, and the mother would be saying like, "Who broke this toy?" And they would be going like, "Not me." And the kids would be all shrugging innocently, and then there'd be like a ghost character called "Not Me." Like he says, not me written on his mm. shirt. And so they were like, not me, someone else. Like there were like three ghost characters that they were always like, what time, you know, like. And they were, so those ghosts really did it. The kids did not do it. It's unclear whether the, whether that's, the children actually literally think the ghost did it or whether, whether the ghosts actually did it, whether the yeah. children think that ghosts did it or whether or not they're just making this up and they're in the, the, cartoonist is illustrating like oh every time something happens they blame it on not me oh yeah so that's, that's kind of creepy uh, yeah it is kind of creepy yeah uh, um if it's the the if it's the previous explanation that there are really ghosts living in the house yeah the ghosts of murdered children like, yeah because those <laughs> the, the actual family circus kids are well behaved yeah it's just these ghosts the kid, the the, the, one of the children was murdered and his last words were, not me, not oh, me. And then he got murdered. So now he's a ghost that haunts man. the uh, haunts the family circus. Uh, well, what were the other things that the other two ghosts I don't, said? I, I have to check, but <laughs> they were like progressively more contrived, um, you know, like a who's yeah. on first style thing. Like, you know, someone else. I'll have to look it up. You know what? We asked, we answered. <laughs> we'll find out what the name is. Of the game. So anyway, we have the two whole, things now. So we have the family circus ghost and we also have uh, Peter Carucci. What were we going to ask him, Alex? 
We were going to ask him what um, what do you, Italian people call their grandparents? Call grandparents. Okay, yeah. you got it. Um, hey, speaking of Peter Cruz, I know we're still working on this minute. He has uh, he sent in a, an answer to one of our questions. Oh, you want to play it? Yeah, let's do it. So, if you recall, it may have been the last minute or the minute before. Uh, Pete, uh, we asked Peter Crucci, our Latin scholar from New York City, how do you pronounce Z's in Italian? Because I kept saying, <laughs> I kept saying uh, Barzini. Oh, right. Barzini. Yeah. Oh, you kept saying Puzzo. I kept saying Puzzo. Puzzo you're right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I was just repeating what I was hearing. But here's the explanation from okay. Pete. Thanks to Peter Crucci, our Latin scholar from New York City. Hey, guys. Great to be back. Hope you're faring well these days. Let's get right down to it, shall we? Mario Puzo is how most Italian-Americans say his name. P-U-Z-O is actually not Italian, however. The name is most probably P-U-Z-Z-O, Puzo, in Italy, or P-U-S-O, Puzo, in Italy. The reason most likely it's P-U-Z-O instead of P-U-Z-Z-O is very clear. Puzzo means stink. However, at the same time that it means stink in modern Italian, it most likely meant someone who built a well in modern Italian. Pozzo is a well, but in Sicilian or Southern Italian dialects, Puzzo would be someone who might be built a well. If indeed it's P-U-S-O, Puzzo, it means placed or put. Uh, and as is the case with many, many immigrants, myself, my ancestors included, rather, um, names changed at Ellis Island. My last name is Carucci, and it was changed to Richie, R-I-T-C-H-I-E, for example. So I have not traced the etymology of Mario Puzo's name, but in terms of how you pronounce it, the takeaway is it's Puzo in America, P-U-Z-O. If indeed, as Andrew says, it had two Zs, it would be Puzo. Now, I actually do pronounce it Mario Puzzo. Maybe I shouldn't. Hey, guys. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you, Pete. What do you think, Alex? Sounds pretty reasonable to me. Yeah, so I think I've been mispronouncing it. It should be Puzzo. Puzzo. Puzzo, not Puzzo, because mm-hmm. that means stink. Mm. Yeah. Mario stink. <laughs> By the way, how would, how would you feel if your name was changed on you? How so? For example, you emigrated somewhere and they changed your name. Um, I'm not sure. Like if they changed it from Robin Alex Robinson to Alex Son of Robin. <laughs> I in a way I would kind of like it because if I'm moving to a foreign country, I'd almost look at it as like you know what I'm starting over. Alex Robinson mm. is dead now. Yeah. I'm Alex Son of Robin. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. kind of would like it. Okay. Although I, I'm a little disappointed with that one because it's just turning it into English. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, "Oh, I would go as Robinson, and then I would leave as you know, Alex Puzzo, Rob- Robinsioni, or something like oh, that." Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe to make up for all of the names that were cha- were changed from European names to English or Anglicized names, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we should reverse course for a little while and make names more ethnic. Sound. Yeah, yeah, I like it. The hospitals are required to change have a certain number of a quota of yeah. ethnic sounding names. Well, I guess, yeah, sort of like, uh, I guess Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Like he, he kind of pioneered that of saying like, you know what? I'm going to use my father's original name and not go with the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the whitewashed name. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thanks, Peter Carucci, yes. our Latin scholar from New York City. Cue Latin scholar music. He got a cold and then didn't show up to work. I thought Paulie was a good kid, but it turned out he was the stupid jerk. I'm talking about a kill down, guns and cannoli. Kill down, you won't be seeing Paulie no more. You gotta leave the gun to send a clear message, or else you might lose your life. And whatever you do, take that cannoli. Don't upset Clemenza's wife. We're working on a kill down. What else do you have with the minute, Alex? Well, uh, getting back to the funny papers for a second, um, I wanted to um, you asked why the Don looks so pleased, and um, I, I know it probably was not intentional on on Coppola's part because um, I don't know how familiar he is with the comics business, but. Um, the 50s was really when uh, the comics the the comics page in the newspaper was really going through a transition because um with the rise of television lowering this was the the 50s were the beginning of a decline in the newspaper business that we see today that's still mm-hmm. like you know newspapers are probably within 10 years are not going to be published on paper you know mm-hmm. anymore so in a way the don is kind of like nostalgic for an old form that is dying out you know, he's like, oh, funny papers. Like, oh. like he probably grew up reading, you know, probably learned English reading like funny papers and stuff. So mm-hmm. he so he probably has. And a lot of early comic strips dealt with immigrant. You know, they were very immigrant uh, centric stories because they wanted to appeal to immigrant readers. So they had a lot of stories that dealt with a lot of ethnic different ethnic groups and stuff. So why did they want to appeal to ethnic readers? Uh, just because New York City had a lot of had a lot of. um uh, you know, immigrants living in the city and the mm-hmm. more people you could get to read your newspaper, the better it was. So, uh, did they have a lot of more different newspapers then? Oh yeah. I mean, not, not compared to 2020, but compared to, yeah. I mean, 20 the, years ago, Yeah, I would say probably like the thirties was probably like the peak of. So would newspapers. they have a newspaper that had Italian themed funny papers? Uh, I'm going to guess so. I mean, there are still Italian newspapers being published. Yeah. Um, OG. Yeah, but I'm guessing back then there probably were a lot more ones that were directly for, uh, although I don't know, they might have just imported Italian papers, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not aware of any comic strips specific. That's an interesting uh, idea. Most of the ones I see are just English, mm-hmm. but um, that's an interesting question. Yeah. So the funny papers. Yeah. We so finally made it. Classic line. The funny papers. <laughs> see, that's something that I wonder if like 20 years from now, are people are kids are going to know what that means the funny mm-hmm. papers <laughs> like yeah, oh, probably not they're probably going to think it's like a political uh like a slam on the media yeah. <laughs> they're going to think it's what you roll your doobies in right <laughs> funny papers we used to smuggle in <laughs> yeah. panels and borders with, with your father uh, that's why the don's laughing cuz that's what he thinks michael is talking about <laughs> uh, funny papers yeah Mainstream but, media, huh? I can't trust anything they say. <laughs> I mean, funny papers, that's great. It reminds me of that time I met these uh, these two fellows, Ch- uh, 
Cheech and Chong. <laughs> oh man, I tried to get him a job, but they just they just couldn't get there on time. I kept knocking on the door, and he's like, "Dave's not here, man." And I was like, "What? What are you talking? What is this nonsense?" <laughs> I don't want Dave. Yeah. They tried to get me to sell the reefers, but I told them that the business is a little dangerous. All the political protection would run for cover. A lot of money in them green leaves. <laughs> So which funny papers do you think Don was a fan of? Ooh, at least, comic the comic, at least of the comic strips you know of. Oh, boy. So you said no to Beetle Bailey. Well, because he doesn't like the fact that Michael joined the army. Yeah. But aren't they making fun of Beetle Bailey in the comic strip? Isn't it a dysfunctional army? I haven't read it in years. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, the real reason is probably because I don't know if, if Beetle Bailey was published in 1954. Hmm. Uh, but of the ones you know about. Uh, well, Peanuts just started then, but I'm, I'm going to say that Don's like an adventure man. He probably liked, um, he doesn't strike me as someone with a, like a, uh, I guess he has a sense of humor, but. Mm-hmm. What about Andy Cap? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I think. I barely he, remember that one. I don't think he would read it. I don't think Andy Caff yeah. would have made it. See, Andy Caff was part of the new uh, generation of comic strips. Comic strips used to be much bigger, so you could put a lot more detail and stuff into it and tell a lot more story. But starting in the 50s, they started getting smaller and smaller, Uh which is why comics like Peanuts, which are very simple, Mm -hmm. are are better suited for because there's you you don't lose. There's no detail to be lost, really, compared to, uh, you know, olden um, the olden days. I just remembered when we were kids, our newspaper, our newspapers did maybe the Saturday or Sunday ones came with a whole funny paper section. Oh yeah, the, several pages. Yeah, the I Sunday. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, the Sunday ones was definitely yeah. the, that was the mm-hmm. the color. Uh, All right, I'm going to say a comic strip. You tell me if the Don liked it or not, or okay. you tell me who in the family would like it. Okay, and if the Don would like it or not. Okay. Uh, what was the one? It was kind of like a Robin Hood or a Game of Thrones type thing. It was it was it's uh, oh Prince Valiant Prince Valiant no so he would not like it no would any of the would Carlo Rizzi or any one of them like it? <laughs> <laughs> um maybe maybe Tom Hagen he does risk his his life for strangers Prince Valiant doesn't he <laughs> well it also uh, Prince Valiant is unusual that it doesn't have the traditional comic like there's no word balloons or anything it's just text describing what's going on oh okay and i think that would require a lot of reading mm-hmm. so i feel like tom hagan is probably the biggest reader of the yeah. group so yeah and, well um, and obviously anthony is uh mm-hmm. like uh reads at a, a 10th grade level <laughs> yeah. blondie blondie uh i bet Kay likes that mm-hmm. um but i think it's a little too it's a little too um white bread and outside the Corleone's experience to really catch on. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. How about Ziggy? <laughs> Ziggy. <laughs> I think Fredo identifies with Ziggy because he can never win. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. I wish Fredo had lived Ziggy. into the <laughs> lived into the era of because he would totally have like a Ziggy figurine on his on his uh <laughs> on his desk, you know, with a little expression like why me? Well, what was the the female version of Ziggy? What was her name? Uh Ziggy. Kathy? <laughs> I don't remember. Kathy? Was that a uh I don't remember strip? there being a female Ziggy. I mean it wasn't no, it was it was Oh, a, Kathy? It was a totally different comic strip, but wasn't she just sort of this loser yeah. office worker yeah kathy was like a lovable loser kind of um yeah. she was a prisoner to her chocolate uh obsession 
So Connie would like, oh no, Carlo, because running the candy oh, store. Oh yeah, right? totally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you read those? <laughs> Who are Carlo's two uh, sidekicks in the candy store? Rags, rags, and uh, it was like mutton or something. No, it was like a double name. Mm. Do you think <laughs> he talks to them every day? About Kathy. Hey, did you read the Kathy? Can you believe she put the dark chocolate in the safe behind the drapes? <laughs> oh, Kathy. <laughs> I'm running out of comic strips. Any other famous ones? Well, I'm Garfield thinking? loves his oh, lasagna. Garfield, that's So right. he loves his lasagna. Ah, so Connie. Right. Uh, I bet. I bet they all and they all hate. Um, everyone hates Mondays. I think Garfield is like the the everyone loves Garfield. It's the perfect product comic mm. strip. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And also, Don loves cats. Remember, he was petting that oh, cat at yeah. the beginning. That's right. Well, I'm glad you're not as like that mischievous Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> He's always talking back. I, I know you I know you've got a lot of projects on your burners. Mm-hmm. It would be great if you did some Godfather comic strips. Oh, some yeah. Funny ones. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. Because, you know, in like the 70s, they, they especially started like, like Mad, Mad Magazine. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, in the newspaper there, they used to, um, like, um, if a movie came, like, say a Disney movie came out, and mm-hmm. uh, they would they would basically run a comic strip of it in the paper at the same time mm. as, like, an advertisement for this. So it would be, like, The mm. Godfather. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could just see yours being particularly funny. And I, yeah, because we're, 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 it's, you're not trying to really portray the story. You're making fun of all yeah. the things we talk about. Yeah, I would definitely make it more of, like, a like a humorous comic strip like Fredo's like Charlie Brown <laughs> mm-hmm. and so on uh, uh, <laughs> somewhat related so before recording today Godfather 1 and 2 were on so I dropped in a couple times and the first time I dropped in it was Waltz was chewing out Tom Hagen <laughs> and I noticed something that we didn't talk about when Waltz really starts heating it up yeah Johnny Fontaine never gets the part in that picture. It's going to make him a big star. Mm. Every time it cuts to Tom, yeah. it shows him eating faster and faster. <laughs> I think he knows he's about to get thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> never like putting food before. in his pockets. And- <laughs> yeah. He knows he's going to have a long trip back. And he just got there that morning. This is his only meal. Gregor, as you go, Bob. <laughs> Uh, my last note had to do with when um, the Don says, make sure you get a telephone man in there to monitor all the calls. Yeah. that are go-. And then um, Michael says, I got it, Bob. Yeah. But what I like is the I'll kind of, of I don't know how much of it is. I, I'm, uh, I'm a big stickler in movies when people try to interrupt someone else. Mm-hmm. Because all too often, someone will be talking in a movie, and someone will interrupt them, and it feels too scripted. Like as soon as the mm. person interrupts, the other person stops talking immediately mm. because the script doesn't have anything mm. else. But I feel like with this, like Marlon Brando is just kind of making up, like oh, you know, it could be anyone. I, you know, I don't know. It could be. Anyone. He yeah, just seems he, like he keeps going. Yeah, because like he knows Al Pacino is going to be talking over him, so what he says isn't really important. But it yes. it, it seems very just kind of like uh, like an improvised um, like line. So I I enjoy when people continue talking even though someone interrupts them because it's it's more realistic that way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, great, great call. It's yeah. very, it feels very real. Yeah. In fact, if I was a director, I would encourage more actors to start talking before the other person completed their lines. 
Because mm. sometimes if you listen mm. to the way people talk, that's, you know, you kind of, that's the way it kind of goes a lot of times. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, the other, only other note I have, Alex, is that wine glass. Mm-hmm. Now that the camera zoomed in on the Don, yeah, that wine glass is got to be glued to that wicker chair. I thought we covered that. It's, I know it's, it's anti gravity particles. Even, even the liquid is doesn't seem to. Even the liquid seems to be defying gravity. Hmm. So I'm wondering if it's, there's even wine in there. You think they just painted the outside of the glass? <laughs> Maybe. Or it's uh, wax in there. That's why the Don thinks he's drinking so much more wine. He's like, oh, man, I'm a- <laughs> this thing's not going empty. Yeah. Or it could be, <laughs> it could be uh, red wax. Mm. Yeah, it's hardened. <laughs> well, wax. Well, poorly, poor poorly, choice well, of words. Red wax. <laughs> poor choice of words. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I did have one more note, which is that uh, I feel like this is almost like uh, the version of I could have been a contender. Yeah. The, the Marlon yeah. Brando doing his speech. But it's kind of mm-hmm. funny because it's like the opposite. It's like you could have been a contender. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, it has the same sense of like of like loss to it. But it's mm-hmm. like this time he was trying to have someone he was trying to get someone else out of the out of mm-hmm. have someone else be a uh, do well and he couldn't do it. Yeah. We didn't really talk not much about that. Not my son. <laughs> we didn't talk much about the, his last dialogue in this minute where he says, well, I knew Santino would have to go through this. Yeah. Which, um, and Fredo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he said more with that line than he did about the, the Santino. <laughs> yeah. I, when, when I was watching uh, Godfather, just a couple minutes of Godfather 1 today, I, I pointed, it was, <laughs> I saw the scene where they were meeting with the Turk yeah, and uh, my wife was sitting there too, and I said, "Oh, watch this! This is where Santino is going to uh, going to interrupt, and it's going to change the entire course of all three <laughs> Godfathers." And she said, "Who?" I said, "Santino is bad and right." She said, "Who's that?" I said, "It's the son, Sonny." And she said, "Oh, Sonny." Yeah, she didn't know Santino. I guess I guess in the if you don't see it that much, you forget that that his name is Santino because only the Don calls him Santino in the movie. Hmm. Uh, Mama doesn't call him Santino? Who? Mama? Mama. I don't think you really hear Mama talking to Sonny at all. I thought, what about the scene where she says, don't interfere? Isn't that, doesn't she say Santino, don't interfere? Or something like that? I don't know. If if she does, it's it's not very highlighted or clear. I I mean, most everyone's calling him Sonny. Yeah. And I think popular in pop culture he's known as Sonny. I'm pretty sure when she says, you can never lose your family, Santino. (laughs) Yeah. They should go back and overdub that. Like, I'll tell you, Don, what everyone else seems to know. <laughs> they shot Santino on the causeway. They shot Santino on the causeway. <laughs> and Puzo, Puzo wrote that Ooh. book that, that Don Corleone was the one who always called him Santino. Yeah. And everyone else seemed to call him Sonny. Yeah. Like the way I call you Andrew and everyone else calls you Andy. Exactly. Well, that's all I have for this minute, Alex. It Anything is weird else? to imagine this scene with Santino in it. Yeah. I feel like the Don would be more worried if Santino was. Oh, yeah. As much as. He, although I don't know, because that's an interesting. Like, we know Mikey is a is, is a cold hearted snake, mm-hmm. but the Don clearly seems like he's having a little bit of trust. He's like, doesn't, you know, obviously, as we mentioned, he's not quite ready to let go entirely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wonder if he if. Hmm. if if it were Santino, would he be would more, he be more confident ease? because he would oh. have been training him all along? Yeah, maybe. 
I feel like if he was Santino, mm. he'd be more he'd be coaching um, Tom Hagen more because he knows that he would need a good consigliere. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so should we rate this? Sucker? Yeah, let's rate it. Hmm. All right. Well, I think I now that I mention it, I think we already pre-rated this last week, so I don't think we have to rate this one. Okay. So, um, all right then. Let's stick around for the bonus content. We got some good, great stuff coming up. I will answer the question about the family circus ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I want to uh, call attention to the fact that um, we've added some new designs to our merch store. We added mm. three new designs. We added a bonus Sarah shirt, a Frankie Five Angels shirt, and a uh, one that has a medley of characters on it. So oh, excellent. Uh, if you go to uh, comicbookalex.com, that's my website, and you'll find a link there to the merch store where you can get all that stuff. I've seen them all, and they're fantastic. I particularly like the bonus era one because he's a character that is not typically highlighted. Well, based on the success we've had in um, in uh, with our Star Wars Minute merchandise, we tend to find that the, if you do deeper cut characters or references, mm-hmm, people... Mm-hmm. Not many people will get it. Not many people will understand it. But mm-hmm. the people who do will really love it. Yeah. So yeah. we're going for that hardcore uh, niche. Oh, audience. that's great. Well, if you're hardcore and listen to this podcast, you're going to want that bonus era item. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So and I will be trying, hopefully adding some more stuff during the um, during the coming weeks. So um, <laughs> hey, I just thought of a night, another drawing or T-shirt. What's that? Uh, Pauli Gatto disappearing since 1946 <laughs> oh paulie you won't say i thought you were say uh paul paulie's uh dance dance paulie gatto's dance school of dance oh. <laughs> it's great that we've created this reputation for him yeah although it was sarcastic it was clemente was saying what are you a dance judge so but that's what put the idea it well did that put the idea in Paulie's head or oh. was Paulie a dance judge and he just let it slip and he was like, oh man, I've been, I've been being too critical with my, <laughs> with my dancing. I gotta, I gotta dumb it down a bit. <laughs> All right. So Paul, I guess. Paulie, more anti-gravity wine. <laughs> All right. So that'll wrap up uh, this minute 148. Uh, nine. 149. And uh, so until, until next time. time. Reads the funny papers. <laughs>